And so let me pray as we start this journey. Again, Lewis says, page 47 and 48 of Mere Christianity, we, you know, Christians believe there's evil in this world. But if God's all-powerful, how is that happening? And if he's good, why doesn't he stop it with his power? You got it? Everybody got it? Let's pray. <laughs> Jesus, I ask you for help today to teach this clearly. Bless our efforts here to learn and to grow. Thank you for your grace and your goodness to us. And please, God, help us to find freedom in this. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Now, before we begin, I have learned it's really important to make sure we're all in the thought process here. Okay. First, worldview. Does do all the worldviews have to do deal with evil on our planet? Well, no, no. If they have to at least deal with the evil, but what will they do with it? Nothing. Yeah, they can do nothing about it. They can call it neutral. They could say it's not evil. Like what? They could say it's cause and effect. They could say it's all perception or projection of your mind. But is there cruel actions? Are there evil behaviors? Uh, are there things that are just horrifying that happen on our planet yes. little kids starving child abuse rape right torture needless torture uh, natural disasters that just decimate towns and cities and countries and earthquakes and hurricanes like, is there stuff that's just messed up in our world so yes do the idealists have to deal with that oh yeah so does Buddhism have to deal with evil Well, I'm just saying, when you get to materialism, is there st does rape still happen? Yes, but if you're an atheist, you have to handle that in its in your own way. Does that make sense? Wait, sometimes you don't need to handle it because it's not your business. Like but but does it does it happen on the earth? Yeah. Yeah. So an atheist has to at least address it. Uh, unless they never ever heard the word and never heard about it and no one ever told them about it and never bumped into them but f will they have to deal with someone who hates them or bullies them or you know someone who che cheats or steals or lies like yeah. we all have to deal with it does that make sense so an atheist has to deal with that and do they have their answers for it yes does the monist the pantheist who believes that everything is God do they have to deal with these things yeah, that's my choice. Like everybody has to handle it, right? And that's what your worldview does. Your worldview addresses what is morality, what is evil, and what is good, right? So all the worldviews have their answers for them. We did most of those last semester. Fair enough? When we look at Christianity, is there an answer in Christianity for this? Yeah. Of course. There is an answer for this in Christianity. What makes it tricky is that in Christianity, we believe in a loving, good, all-powerful God. But what do most people who aren't Christians say then? If he's loving, and he's good, and he's powerful, then he would have to do what with e evil? Stop it, 
right? Deal with it. Stop it, right? And so people are like, I don't believe in that God who allows evil when he could stop it. That's just no way. That the key here is though, is if you chop God out, are you still left with evil things that happen? Yeah, you just don't have a God now to navigate it. Are we tracking? You have to navigate it with some other language and some other view of the world. Yeah? Really, uh, hmm. Okay, but evil, I see evil is objective. Objective? Yeah. Uh, based off of what? Like, like, like what you say. You you think evil like uh, the kids are starving at the yeah. Middle East, right? Yeah. That's not my business. Not your business. Okay. Yeah. So it cannot be evil to me. That's fine. Yeah. So. But what if you were starving? Yeah. And other this people is had food. Story. But what? But what if you were starving? And other people have food. Would that be okay? And they don't give it to you. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. They just yeah. let you die. Yeah. Okay. And you're allowed to believe. See, ready? You have a way to deal with that. Does that make sense? Exactly. So you have to deal with it. That's all we're trying to say. So you have your view of the world, and you're going to say, it's okay if people let me die of starvation, right? But what we're inserting right now is that there's a loving, kind God who can turn bread, turn rocks into bread, and feed starving people supernaturally. And sometimes he chooses what? Not to. Not to. That's not. That's hard, isn't it? If he was loving, would he just let you die of starvation? That's the tension. See, now we're getting into it. So Christians have to deal with that because I believe in God and I believe he's loving. And could he make rocks into bread for people? Yeah, but does he always do that? Ooh, that's see what's going on? That's hard. In the Christian worldview, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah? That's why a lot of people don't believe it, which is understandable. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we have a class on this. Because my job as a teacher is you might have your worldview, great. Guess what's in the world? Evil. <laughs> well, and that's where we are. Is you ha you ha but what are you, you can try not to pick one until what day? When evil hits you and lands in your family and, and somebody does something cruel and mean to you or someone you love, and then you're going to have to what? You have to deal with it. So that's why my part of my job is to give you options on how to deal with it. Does that make sense? And you can go with the materialist option. Like you say, like that's, hey, it's, it's all random chance and it's all cause and effect and there really is no evil. You can go with the monism option, which says that there is no evil and it's all part of God. You can go with the Buddhist, you know, idealist option, which says that all of life is evil and suffering. That's why you got to escape it. And then the Christian theistic worldview is the one we're talking about right now which says there's a loving powerful God who allows evil what? Oh, what, is, what is <laughs> wait what? right? I'm going to act it out for us let's make sure we really get it yeah? so like if for atheism evil yeah. is to a person but if you are a Christian any evil in this world is to every Christian yeah it, it affects everybody because you're supposed to love everybody and care about everybody so evil matters to everybody. Not, but in materialism, can you separate it all out if you want to? Yeah, because they're over there and I'm here. So as long as it doesn't touch me, no big deal, right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter anyway. See, so that there you go. So ready? Let's really try to frame this out. Yeah. 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 Yeah
I say, some junior comes running into my room. His nose is broken. He's crying and bleeding. His ear is bleeding. Mr. D, Mr. D, help, help. And then some other students come running in behind that student. And they're the ones who've been punching him and beating him up. And the student falls on the ground right here. Mr. D, help. Why'd they come to my room? Hoping that I would do what? Okay. Do I have the power and authority at this school to help this student? Oh, yeah. But I'm right here, and those other two people come in, and they start kicking him. They, they're kicking him. They get on their knees, and they're bam, and you hear a crack, and the guy's jaw breaks. And I'm just standing here. You're watching it right there. What would you guys probably do? If you tried to help, I mean, I know a lot of you would try to help, but you stop, right? You try. What if I just stood here? What would you say about Mr. D? How would your view of me change? Your view of me change? Today, you'd probably call me a jerk. You'd say I don't care. You'd probably lose a lot of trust in me. No. You'd call me a hypocrite. Total hypocrite, right? Because I'm teaching love, I'm teaching protection, I'm teaching safe, safety, kingdom code, right? Teaching all that stuff. But then this guy, I just let him get beat up in my room. Do we now maybe understand the dilemma here? Because ironically, when that's happening, we believe that God is where? Everywhere. And could God help? Yeah. And does God always stop that stuff? No. No. Do we maybe understand a little bit why people get frustrated at this situation? There's a risk right now in my worldview class with me teaching this accurately. Because some of you have maybe never thought about that. And I'm telling you that this is a really hard thing, isn't it? Does that make sense? So if you're going to be a Christian and you're going to believe in the Christian worldview, you're going to believe in an all-powerful, all-loving God who could stop all the evil but doesn't all the time does he stop a lot of it oh yeah probably way more than we're aware of out of his great love for us but does he always stop it no do we catch the tension I'm going to make sure we're all there now I used bullying that's bad enough but are there some other worse things that I could have talked about yeah like child abuse and rape and, and torture right like Bullying is horrifying, but there are actually things that are even crueler that humans do to each other that God doesn't always stop. Even to little kids, which is like, it breaks my heart. It should break your heart. It's brutal. Yeah, Nick, what do you got? So that, from, from your perspective, I think it's a dangerous thought. It's very dangerous thought. Yeah, because uh, like what you say, there's two students beating up one student and if they can be in front of you and that means they don't afraid of being kicked out of the school You're right. if you help them if you help that student they could beat you up yeah they could beat me up they could hurt me and yeah. actually we believe that Jesus was God Jesus is walking around what they do to Jesus kill they killed him they beat him up they kill him they literally beat him up right and yeah, he's they, God and did they let him do that that's what Easter is all about God let himself get beat up just like you're saying. This is a tricky thing, isn't it? Those of you who are catching the tension of this are, are getting it. Does that mean like, okay, we got it. This is hard. Fair enough? 
it's supposed to be hard. Uh, the, the thing is, is that it's, it's very real. Now, here's where we're gonna go. <coughs> in the text, Lewis writes this, but anyone who has been in authority know that a thing could be in accordance with your will in one way and not another. <coughs> it might be quite sensible for a mom to say, I'm not gonna make the tidy the schoolroom every night, you gotta learn to keep it on your own. She gets up one night and finds the teddy bear and the ink and the French all over the floor. She would prefer the children to be tidy but on the other hand, it's her will that has let the children be free to be untidy. Hmm. Wait a second. What? If we don't understand that the will of God has layers and that free will has layers like parfait, <laughs> parfait then we're going to not understand this concept. All right. What makes this a very specific worldview is that Christians believe in free will and that it's real. It's not robotic, it's not cause and effect. We don't believe that we're God's little robots like monism. They believe that we're actually free beings who can choose to do what? What they want. Now that, what, what is God's will for all of us when he created us? He wants us to do good or bad, what? Good. So that is his will. Everybody got that? God wants humans to do good. He could make all of us do good, but then are we choosing to do good? No, we're just robots. So that means if he makes us free to choose good or bad, could some humans choose bad? Yes. Yeah. That's what a lot of people do. Exactly. So is there, are there, is there evil in the world? Yeah. If God stopped all the evil choices, would there be any evil? No. no. But then all the good would be forced. So then it well, real quick. So then it wouldn't be good. Let me let me finish the thought, and then we'll open it up a little bit. I have my twins at home. They were playing Legos last night, all over Eli's room. I said, "Please clean up the room." What is my will? What do I want my children to do? I want them to clean it up. Does that make sense? What if Eli says, no, I'm not going to clean it up. Will my will be done? No. So then I come over here. Do you mind me here? I grab Eli's hands and I start going, oh, yeah? And I scoot. And we, you're going to clean up these Legos. If I grab his hands and scoop up the Legos with his hands, is Eli cleaning up the Legos? No. Does it? But wait. But it's his hands. But who's doing it? I'm doing it. That's monism. God does what? Everything through your body. And if God did that, if God... Thanks. If I went around and I, I made Eli clean up the Legos, will my will be done? Yes and... No, because what's my will? I want who to clean him up? Eli. But if I do it... Then he's not doing it. Oh, see, so see now the tension. If God wants you to do good, catch it. Some of you are right there. If God made you and he wants you to do good, but he makes you do good, are you doing the good? No, he is. Are we tracking? So is there really any good anymore at that point? No, it's just God doing stuff. 
And actually, if he's making you do evil, did you do evil? No, who did the evil thing? God did, monism. Ah, or in a weird sense, materialism. Because in all the cause and effect, can I blame people for doing the evil things that they do if it's all just electricity and cause and effect and they have no choice? No. no. It's not their fault. It's not God doing it, but it's just the world doing it. It's not them doing good. It's not them doing evil. It's just robots walking around doing stuff. See, see what's going on now? So without free will, there is no real good and there's no real evil. It's just everybody's robotic doing it in materialism or in monism, God's doing it all. In Christian theism, God wanted a world where humans did real good and had the ability to do real bad, but does he want them to do really bad? No, but the only way to have the ability to do real good is to have it be real, which means they're freely choosing to do it. But if they're free to choose to do good, then they're also free to do what? Bad. Choose to do bad. Did that click enough right now? Because we're not done. That's only two layers. There's five. <laughs> yeah. When I was studying the difference between decision making, yeah. they use the way to make someone do something is to reward them more. So it's sure. like, hey, uh, what's his name again? Eli. Hey, Eli, if you clean Legos, I'll give you a parfait. Yeah, that's great. Wouldn't that still like be a free will to do so? Here's the beauty of it. And this is, I know, you were we were talking about this last semester. But what about rewards? What about positive consequences? Yeah. Ready? Could he still refuse to do it? Yeah. Even for the parfait. What if I said, I'll give you a million dollars? Could he still? See, here's the key. This is the key to all of it. He could still what? Refuse. But exactly. It wouldn't be the logical thing. Yeah. No, but, but is he free to say, you could even kill me, Dad. Which, does that happen? Wait, wait, does that happen? Are humans, we say, no, they were forced to do it because someone put a gun to their head. They weren't forced to do it. They could choose to get shot. See how far we could take this? That's why we celebrate these movies where people were tortured and killed and martyred and thrown in jail because they still have what? free will to say you can do whatever you want to me I'm still not gonna what do it give in here's the key that's the whole so a parfait a million dollars a death threat whatever as long as he can what he choose he has free will does that make sense but I'm confused because when we do good in this world yeah. sometimes it's not as rewarded as much as doing something bad I agree uh, but we'll get to that. That's after this. Right now, we're just going to do free will. Next, we'll talk about the reward and punishment stuff. Uh, what I find intriguing to connect the dots, though, is that if a Christian uses heaven as a reward and hell as a punishment, they're not being biblical in regards to the gospel. That's most people. Might not, but that's not <coughs> biblical because when you accept God's grace, will you be punished with hell anymore no nope, so that's off the table you'll be rewarded with heaven but there's no hell punishment anymore which then frees you up again that's what we were talking about the other day you are now free to choose your behavior without the fear of going to hell that is very different religion and worldview than Islam 
that makes sense? Or even Old Testament Judaism on some level. On some level. If they understood the covenant, they would have not been in fear. But some of them did, some of them didn't. Right? But that's why a lot of people use reward and punishment, because they can that affect our behavior. Yeah, because people will choose the rewards. Okay. The key to today's discussion is you could also do what with the reward? Refuse it. Oh. That's free will. Got it? We tracking? Let's do a quick timeout. It's a risk, but I, I, sometimes it works well for students. All right. Um, so I'm going to do a quick timeout and, and give you guys a little break in the brain by watching a video clip that I think helps. Not everybody does, but I think it helps. And it's also kind of fun. You guys seen the movie Shrek? Yeah. Anybody? Let's go. Shrek. If you haven't, it's super fun. Do you mind hitting the lights, Frodo? Yeah, he processes as we should be. That's remember what are we doing with this Lewis stuff? It's the arguments against Jesus. We're pulling them apart. Next week, why don't we watch quantum physics? We should watch quantum physics. That'd be fun. Next week, my name is L I. Yeah, I know. L E E. Is it up there? So if you've never seen this, we might as well just watch the the intro. It's kind of fun, right? What? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm so sorry. I okay, I didn't get last night. I didn't get to it. Sorry, I will. It's super fun. I, I believe it. What's going on? Oh, nice. Oh, here's what's going on. Sorry. No throw. No throw. No throw. Here. Okay, so this is a fun movie by Disney. I think it's Disney or Pixar Once or whatever. Upon a time, there was a Pixar. Princess. You may have seen it. She it's had super an enchantment fun. upon her of a fearful sort, which could only be broken by love's first kiss. She was locked away in a castle, guarded by a terrible fire-breathing dragon. Many brave knights had attempted to free her from this dreadful prison, but none prevailed. She waited in the dragon's keep, in the highest room of the tallest tower, for her true love and true love's first kiss. <laughs> Why that's ever gonna happen? I gotta text my wife real quick. <laughs> So that's called an ogre, and in mythological traditions, they're really mean, big creatures, like orcs in Lord of the Rings, or trolls, and they they steal kids at night and eat them, you know, like, so they're just these really cruel characters, right? But this movie's trying to say, hey, whoa, whoa, let's consider monsters, maybe not all monsters are bad, or why did a monster become a monster? Does that make sense? And everybody treats him in a cruel way, and maybe he's just trying to protect himself, right? So, this movie's fun because it's kind of getting us to think about 
Where do monsters come from? What is a monster? Why do they become monsters? Right? Now, traditionally, ogres were really bad. Like, they're horrifying, demonic, scary, cruel, evil creatures, right? But they're saying, but what if there was one who was nice and just wanted to have a little hut in the woods, right? And what if he was kind, but what if everybody treated him like he was mean? How might he respond? Does that make sense? Just because he's got green skin, he looks different, he eats different, he acts different, he smells different, doesn't necessarily mean that he's cruel, right? So, what a great movie just to even get us to think about the other. Fair enough. But if he was a real ogre, according to the tradition, yeah, we don't want him near our homes, right? But he's actually a nice ogre. <laughs> they just don't get to know him. Actually, that would be a giant. Now, ogres, oh, they're much worse. They'll make a suit from your freshly peeled skin. They'll shave your liver, squeeze the jelly from your eyes. Actually, it's quite good on toast. Back, back, So they're, they're scared. He's playing on their fears. Like, yeah, ogres are really, really scary. Because like, just, he just wants them to leave. He's playing into their fear. But you notice all the prejudice here, right? What prejudice, the racism, really. One of the things I think is intriguing here is they, get, they really get away with this well because he's green. And human, there's no human that's green unless they're sick, <laughs> right? But, but they have all these thoughts about what ogres are like. But have they really met Shrek? Do they really know him? No, and so they're judging him. They're afraid of him. They're mean to him. Interesting. I, this is where I think the movie really does have a lot of value, talking about racism, all that kind of stuff, and even our own prejudices against other colored skin, right? Kind of cool, right? Um, truth be told, though, every colored skin on the planet has humans in that group that are cruel and mean, <laughs> just like there are really mean, cruel ogres. But also every colored skin on the planet has wonderful, kind, loving, nice people. Just like maybe there's one green dude who's nice in the woods, maybe. <laughs> you just got to get to know him, right? Like, does that make sense? So, interesting premise to a movie. Kind of a fun movie. Right. All fear. Fear, 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 fear. Interesting. He says run away. I, want, I like when I teach this movie to my sophomores uh, during sophomore lit um, when we're talking about Beowulf. Here we go. Uh, let me see if I've got it. Yeah, wait, ready. Uh, it's tricky to find. At the beginning, he's sitting down at his table, and there I can't find the picture. But it, it shows him sitting down at the table, and there are two chairs. Does he really want to be alone? No. 
He just wants someone who's going to be kind to him. That's the genius of this movie, if that makes sense. Actually, the, tradi the traditional real ogre would probably want to be alone. You know what's but, ironic? Huh? That, like, when he met this, the uh, donkey, donkey, he was that's so fun. The movie's great. But here's what's really intriguing to me. They're rapping. I love this movie on so many levels. But one of the things that I that I teach that I'm not going to teach yet in here, but I could, but for time's sake, we're not going to go here. Um, let me get us to the right spot. There's a dragon. I love it. Um, yeah, here we go. Ready? Donkey and Shrek become friends. Well, one, the Lord Farquaad, the bad dude in the movie... He's gathering up all the mythological creatures to lock them up and put them away because he wants to clean out the clean out what he calls the scum. He's gathering up all the mythological creatures. One of them is a talking donkey. Wait, what mythological story is that from? Bible. Yeah, the Bible. Balaam's donkey is a talking donkey. Yeah. The only other one would potentially be Winnie the Pooh. Maybe Winnie the Pooh. But I don't think this is Eeyore, because he does not act like Eeyore, I can tell you that right now. He acts way more like Balaam's donkey, who's talk, 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 right? Intriguing, guess who's one of the heroes in the story? The donkey, who's the Bible character, who's just a mythological character. But actually, in my worldview, is that mythology? It is, but it's real mythology, like it's the real story. So it's a great fantasy story, but actually the Bible is what? Real, there was a real talking donkey who did, who was a hero in that moment. How intriguing, right? Yeah, it gets you to ponder a little bit that they're gathering up all the mythological creatures to get rid of them. But you can't get rid of the donkey, the talking one, because he's actually what? A hero and he's real. Kind of fun. Um, oh, wait, no, I need, I'm not at the right spot. Uh, where is it? Alright. Uh, okay, almost there. Yeah, here we go. So in this, there's Lord Lord Fardqua, and he wants to get rid of this dragon to save the damsel so he can marry her and have the perfect world. Uh, idealism, interesting. Um, and he needs someone to go kill the dragon, so he makes a bargain with Shrek. I'll give you back your swamp if you go kill my dragon. Because he's dumping all the mythological creature creatures in his home and in his swamp. As he leaves, he and Donkey go on this adventure. I like this clip just because it's kind of fun. Um, and it, it helps me remember this concept of layers. As good as gone. <coughs> what kind of quest? Okay, let me get this straight. You're gonna go fight a dragon and rescue a princess just so Farquaad to give you back the swamp, which you only don't have because he filled it full of freaks in the first place. Is that about right? You know what? Maybe there's a good reason donkeys shouldn't talk. <laughs> I don't get it, Shrek. Why don't you just pull some of that ogre stuff on him? You know, throttle him, lay siege to his fortress, grind his bones to make your bridge. You know the whole ogre trip. Oh, I know what. Maybe I could have decapitated an entire village and put their heads on a plate, got the knife, cut open their spleen, and drink their fluids. <laughs> Does that sound good to you? Is that uh, no. <laughs> No, not yeah, really. Yeah. No. <laughs> For your information, there's a lot more to ogres than people think. Example? Example? Okay, um... Ogres are like onions. <laughs> they stink? Yes. <laughs> no. Or they make you cry? No! Oh, you leave them out in the sun, they get all brown, start sprouting little white hairs. No! <laughs> Layers! Onions 
have layers. Got it? Layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers? You get it. We both have layers. <sighs> oh, you both have layers. Oh. You know, not everybody like onions. Cake! Everybody loves cakes. Cakes have layers. I don't care what everyone likes. Ogres are not like cakes. <laughs> You know what else everybody like? Parfait. Have you ever met a person you say, hey, let's get some parfait. They say, hey, I know I don't like no parfait. Parfaits are delicious. No! You dense, irritating, miniature beast of burden. Ogres are like onions. End of story. Bye-bye. See you later. <laughs> parfaits may be the most delicious thing on the whole damn planet. You, know? you should say that. Enough, <laughs> right? But I think it's interesting, it's like, I love parfait. Parfaits have layers. Ogres are not like parfaits. Ogres are like onions, right? So onions have layers, ogres have layers. Here's what I, if you're gonna understand free will in the Christian worldview, you gotta understand that free will has layers. Layers, layers, layers. I, most people get upset at God, get angry at God, get frustrated at God because they're missing why. Here's the key. Why God would do free will. I mean, did he? Well, according to the Christian worldview, yes. And then they just get mad at him because he made free will and there's evil. Why, though? Why would he make free will? We've already hinted at it in a pretty strong way, right? But I want you to consider... Right? Even like Shrek is saying, we don't understand Shrek because we don't understand that ogres have layers like onions. There we go. We got it. Okay? So let's look at this paragraph and then we're going to just walk through the layers as best we can. Okay? We'll do the best job that we can. It is probably the same in the universe. The universe is like an onion. No. <laughs> Free will has like parfait. Right? God created things which had free will. I like Lewis because he says what? It probably. Does that make sense? He knows it's all trustless stuff. So thank you, C.S. Lewis. It is probably the same in the universe. God created things which had free will. That means creatures which can go either wrong or right. Some people think they can imagine a creature which was free but had no possibility of going wrong. C.S. Lewis says, I can't. If a thing is free to be good, it's also free to be bad. And free will is what has made evil possible. Circle, underline, highlight, star, there it is. In theism, we're actually the only worldview that actually believes in real evil. Now, fortunately, we believe in real love and real good and real joy as well. But in idealism, all the evil in our world is just a what? Shadow. In Buddhism, it says life is suffering, but life is an illusion. So evil is what? An illusion. In materialism, is there any real evil? It's all just cause and effect, which means there's no real good either. In monism, who's doing the evil? God. So is it evil? No. And who's doing the good? God. So I guess it's good, but it's all just God. So it's none of us. Theism believes 
that we are not God. We're separate. We have freedom to make choices. That was the whole finger thing, remember? The finger on the Sistine Chapel with Adam and God. There's, there's an inch. We're like God, but I, Mr. D is like God, but am I God? No, I'm separate. Why then did God give them free will? Well, here's the answer. Because free will, though it makes evil possible, is also the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness or joy worth having. A world of autonoma, robots that work like machines, would hardly be worth creating. The happiness which God designed for his higher creatures is the happiness of being freely, voluntary, united to him and to each other in an ecstasy of love and delight compared with which most rapturous love between a man and a woman on this earth is mere milk and water. And for that, they must be free. You don't want your friends to be paid to be your friends. You want your friends to what? Choose to be your friends. It's better when they're choosing it, isn't it? Not when they, do you want somebody like, okay, go over to Nick's house. Your parents make them go over to Nick's house because someone needs to play with Nick so Nick has fun. Is that fun for you if you find out that someone made your friend come over? Eh? It changes it, doesn't it? You want them to choose to be your friend and come over, not just cause and effect. Well, it also can make sense in atheism. It can. It can. Yeah. But it's different because what happens to the quality of the evil and the love and the friendship? It changes because no, it's all it just doesn't. cause and effect. No, I mean, it does not really matter because my friend usually, I don't have a lot of friends. Yeah. But I'll be your friend. Can I be your friend? I mean, my re yeah, real no, friends all have like the same experience that me, so... That's is the, the same thing we have for the experience, so yeah. we can talk together and uh, yeah. You know. So you, that connects you, right? Which is great. Yeah. But what we're gonna see here is if they're not really choosing to connect with you, it changes. Now we're not gonna go there yet. That's the later layer. But I just wanted just to read through it right now, so we understand the concept of it. That we want our friends to choose us because that makes it better. That's what Lewis is saying. Of course God knew what would happen if they used their freedom the wrong way. I like the if, but really it's probably a what? When. When they use their freedom to do evil. Here's, I bolded it in your workbook. Apparently God thought it was worth the risk. Of course. Perhaps we feel inclined to disagree with him, but that's the difficulty. This is what we talked about yesterday. When you disagree with God, he's the, thought, he's the source of your reasoning. <laughs> huh. If you don't like God's choice to make it a free will, fine. But he's the one who gave you the, the ability to be aware that you're free. <laughs> so, okay. Like I, so whatever, like it just doesn't work. I love the ending to this. If God thinks his state of war in the universe is a price worth paying for free will... For making a role which creatures can be really good or really harmful and something of real importance can happen instead of a toy which only moves when he pulls the strings <clears throat> then we must we are allowed we may as lewis says take it as worth it as well that's our choice so ready you can draw a little parfait in your book if you want i've got the layers there i'm going to try and do it in five or ten minutes and then give us some room for discussion okay so are we ready 
I was told it'd be good to just let the students try to figure out the layers on their own. I have, I've done it both ways, and it, it can be really tricky, right? So I kind of want to just walk us through it if you guys are willing. So ready, set, layer number one. Write this down in your books. Layer number one, God exists, and he creates creatures, and his will is for them to be good. So ready? Layer number one of free will, God uses his freedom to create free creatures. Got it? So God freely creates creatures who are free, who have free will. It's page 107. And connected to that is, what does he want us to do, good or bad? Good. So ready? The top layer or bottom, I like doing the top. The, or maybe this is the bottom layer. I don't know. But like the layer up top here is God made creatures who are free to do good and evil, and he wants us to do what? Do good. So what is God's will? For us to do what? Good. God's a good God. He makes creatures. He wants them to do good. Right? So layer number one. God makes free creatures. Layer number two, he wants us to use our freedom to do good. Everybody got it? So God makes free beings. Then he wants us to use our freedom for good. That's another way to say it. Our free will for good. What's the next layer and what creates the tension? Does everybody use their freedom for good? No. So, does God allow people to do evil? Yes. Yeah, he does. So there's our next layer. People choose evil, God allows evil. You can insert angels into this. And is there an angel named Lucifer, who we call Satan, who has used his free will to do evil in the spiritual realm? Yes. Yeah. And did God allow that? Yeah, but we're talking about humans right now. But it goes into that realm because there you go. So now real quick, if, if we were to take Satan out of the world at this point, would all the evil go away? No. No, see, so we shouldn't blame everything on demons. Because humans can do evil without demons. But isn't Satan the one? He's the one who tricked all of us and has got us to do the evil. He is. Yeah, us, like yeah, but God's not going to tempt you to do evil. There's an evil being out there who does. But interestingly, even if Satan wasn't around, could humans still do evil? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just want to say, like, Satan's part of the equation, a big part. But interestingly, he almost didn't even have to be part of it. It makes me wonder why he <coughs> snuck into the garden and did that tempting to Eve. Because he wanted to get the ball rolling on it, right? Because he's cruel. He's a jerk. You had a thought? Um, I just don't get if God is omnipotent and he could do everything by himself alone. Why is he constricted to, not constricted, but like, why does he need to have the feeling of being accepted voluntarily by his great creatures? Yeah, well, we've, we've talked about this. He doesn't need that. He's God. He doesn't need it. But he. this is why Christians are going to say God is love. Because love is really powerful and it's beautiful. That's the connecting point of 
beyond just material me mechanics and machinery, relationship is the stuff of life. Love is the stuff of God. God wants to love creatures, and he wants those creatures to love him. Because love is awesome. Love's amazing. We all want love. We all need love. Love is the best stuff around, according to this worldview. But quite frankly, who else believes that? Most, if not every human being, believes that love is the best stuff. Like, we'll take anything to get love. Real love. So why would God, a God of love, make creatures who can love him and he can love freely? Because that's his nature to do it. It's well, what he's going to do. Have a codependent relationship with God. Not codependent. See, that's the key. Is God doesn't need. See, if it's codependent. I I know codependency is in. I've been I've been in therapy for codependency. Codependency is when I need you to need me. Does God need us? No. That's the key. Codependency is not love. And God's not codependent. And He doesn't want you to be codependent on Him. That's why He made you what? free to not be dependent on God, although how long are you going to last? All right, you're not going to last real long without him, but you don't have to have him, and you can choose to reject him because you're not codependent. It's just you're rejecting who? God. How's life going to be without your creator? People, people call it help. What? Help. He could, but then it wouldn't be love. And see, that's the beauty of it. Is in the Christian worldview, he makes us truly what? free and then he doesn't like hold hell over you like if you don't love me I'm going to send you to hell does he do that no for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him can come to heaven as a free gift right now once you know you've been saved by God it's likely that you'll love him <laughs> if you understood what he did <laughs> he made you he gives you life he saves you he gives you freedom he doesn't manipulate you and coerce you wow that's kind of cool. Maybe I'm going to love someone like that. Right? Now, I, I want to make sure we get to the other layers. One more thought, one more thought, and then we're going to keep going because otherwise we'll lose our momentum. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking, is the reason why God wants us to love God is because God wants us to be happy? Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of it is love is awesome. I mean, those of you in the room who will admit that you love someone and you've been loved by someone, it's pretty cool. Like, let's just be really blunt, right? And so it makes you happy. It brings joy. So there's a God out there who exists who knows the joy and freedom and beauty of love. He's like, I want other people to be able to, I want other creatures and beings to be able to experience this. I'm going to make someone like me who I can have a relationship with. And they can love me and I can love them. And that's like, this is where the free will lesson is so important because it, it's theism. The theistic worldview is the only one with free will. But Christian theism has a God of love. The whole point is it, it's love. It's, it's the last question on the seven questions in the worldview. Why do we exist? To be in a loving relationship with God and with each other. That's pretty cool. There's actually purpose to existence now. And that purpose is love. Not just cause and effect. Not, I mean, the purpose is not to do evil, but if the love is going to be real... Guess what the evil will be then? Real. And that's why Lewis is saying, I guess that was worth the risk, because in order to get real love, it has to be free. But once it's free, people could do evil. Shoot. <laughs> Let's see, most people stop there. That's only layer three. We have to keep going to the next two layers, or we're going to really miss it still. We really will. Yeah. Okay, so. 
from what you say and use the logical thinking and what C.S. Lewis said, I think God is not just allow evil to exist. God needs evil to exist. See, and that's going to be monism. That's yin yang. That's yin yang. No, I mean, like, like if he said there's never light in this world, how can you know it's darkness? Yes. But if there's never evil in this world, how can you know good? Now here's where Garden of Eden is so important. That's why the Genesis story that we read is so important. Adam and Eve live there with free will, and they're only doing good. They're enjoying God. There is no evil. There's always truth. There's always kindness. There's always gentleness. It's all the good things. Here's the key. If they're free, and they always choose to tell the truth, will a lie ever exist? No, but it what? could see so God with free will you can have good like truth and have it actually be real and always exist and if no one lied then the lie wouldn't exist but it has the potential to exist yeah, but you don't need but you don't you don't need a lie to exist in order for the truth to exist because you can always have ripe apples and never have a what a rotten one then a lie could be the truth. But yeah. then but then we go into relativity, and you're right. Without God as a standard for the truth, you're right. And that's monism and materialism. But because God is the standard for truth, he's, he says what the truth is. So now if you don't do what that is, you have the lie. Take God out, and whatever you do is just whatever you do. That goes back to the ruler, the inch. That's the key. So... Good job, good job. So ready? God exists. He is a free being. He creates other beings that are free. He wants them to do what? Choose good. Does that always happen? No. When they choose evil, here's the key to understand this. When they choose evil, is his will being done? Wait, so you guys ready? Here's the layers. Yeah, this goes back to the Legos. Everything okay? Are we all okay? Okay, so try to catch this one layer. When they choose evil, which layer of the will is not being done? Layer two. But when they choose evil, which layer of the will is being done? Three. Well, number one, the top layer, because he wants to create beings that are what? Free. So as long as we are using our freedom, is his will for us to be free being done? Yes. yes. But is his will for us to do good being done? No. no. But there's two layers there. So here it is being done. Here it's not being done. That's essential. That's complex. But that's a big deal. Because ready? Can you do evil, the third layer, if the first layer didn't exist? No. That's why there has to be the layers. It all falls apart without the first layer. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, you don't have to deal with the third layer. If everybody chose to do good, would there be evil? No, not with humans. What's the problem in the story according to the Bible, though? If all the humans chose to do good, great. But what's out there who isn't choosing to do good, who's powerful? Satan. He's a jerk. Does that make sense? So there would still be potentially evil like disease or sickness or death or all those types of things. And he would be tempting. If we could all resist him, 
It'd be great, wouldn't it? That's why we call that the kingdom community. If we all live like we were in heaven and we were all choosing to do good, what happens in our classroom? It goes pretty well, doesn't it? Right? And if we have free will and we use our free will to choose to do good, families go pretty well. As long as there's a standard on what that good is. Because if there's no standard on what the good is, well, then I can choose to lie and think that that's good. But will that make things go well? No. no. Layer number four. Oh, I got to get there, though. Yes. So, like, um, so you're saying, like, death is, like, evil and, like, and stuff. But, like, that's a weird question. Like, does death necessarily have to be bad? Well, not when you trust in Jesus. And we were, who, we were talking about the whole death thing. No, because what does Jesus do with death? He conquers it. It's just a nap. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, like, people are, people are saying that, like, death is bad. Like, I mean, Why would I necessarily you? not want to die right now, but, like... Why wouldn't I want to die? I mean, I mean no, Paul no, says it best. Paul, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Right? But also, if God has things for you to do on the planet and you die tomorrow, I'd be like, I'd try to pray for resurrection because I'd love you back because could you do some good things for Jesus here still? Yeah. yeah. But, like, but if you're in heaven, I mean, maybe you won't come back because you're in heaven and you're having a great time. Does that make sense? Yeah, but, like, yeah, but I don't understand, like, why people always call Bless you, see ya. Yeah, yeah, and let's let's do this. That's gonna derail us from this. That's a great point. Let's do that. Let's save that thought. It's a great thought. Seriously, let's come back to it. But let me finish the free will. So ready? Layer number one: God freely creates beings to have free will. He his will is for them to choose good. Layer number two. Layer number three: They don't always choose good. Ready? Let's catch this. Uh, this is where if I think for some of you the Christian worldview will gain some weight. Ready? If God can't handle the evil choices that humans make, but he allows them to make evil, then he's what? Not God. Yeah, he's pretty cruel. He's either not God or he's a jerk. Because then what does God set up then? Oh, I'm going to make a world. I'm going to make free beings. I'm going to make them so they can choose good. Oh no, they're choosing evil. Oh no, I. Oh, they're hurting each other. And oh, there's sickness. And oh, there's disease. And oh no, like God's all scared of that. Like, and, and then he can't fix it. And then, and then what? Now what happens to the world? Disaster. It's a mess because God made something that he can't handle. Now, this is why the layers are, this is why I'm getting all excited. This is why the layers are so important. If God's going to make free will, and allow people to choose evil, what's the fourth layer? He better be able to handle what? All the evil. Otherwise, he's a jerk. I'm going to call him a jerk. Like, you're a jerk. You made a world where people can do evil and you can't fix it? Thanks. <laughs> right? But what do we learn about in the Bible? Can God handle all the evil that happens? Not only can he, he what? He did and he what? He will. He is the redeemer. He is all-powerful. He can take, like Joseph, what the brothers intended for evil. Well, what does God do with it? Makes it great. Now, for me, if we don't get to that layer, I don't have freedom. Honestly, I don't feel freedom. I don't like free will. I don't like the system that God made until we get to that layer. 
because once we get to that layer and I know that there is a God who exists, yes, the God who allows evil, but that same God who allows evil can do what with all the evil? He can conquer it. He can fix it. He can heal it. Oh, now I can see, ready, why he would allow evil. Because he can handle it. Got it? And here's the key. Kenny. Yes. I think so. The biblical Christian worldview believes that God can, will, has, and is able to redeem all the evil. That he is the great redeemer. Mm -hmm. He can take anything evil in this world and either heal it, fix it, restore it, make all things what? New. To me, that's cool. Now, does that put a pretty pink bow on the kid who got tortured as a child? No. Well, no, except when I connect that kid to God, what can God do with that kid's story? Redeem it and heal it. Does that make sense? Ironically, look at the sad, one more thought, but look at the sad truth here. Most atheists reject the Christian worldview because of a God who allows evil. Okay. Watch what happens. You've just now pushed God out of the equation. Ready? Is there still evil in your world? Yeah, but now you don't have who to help you with it. Like that to me is the saddest truth is unless you get to that fourth layer, the atheist is like, well, I don't want to believe in a God who allows evil. I don't blame you. I get that. <laughs> There's lots of evil in this world. And has he allowed a lot of the evil? Yeah, but if you push God out, how are you going to redeem the evil that has happened to you? You have to do it on your own or with your friends. Okay. I'd rather have who help me deal with evil? God, who's all-powerful and loving. And so can he heal my sister who's dying of five different diseases right now? Yes, he can. And could he do it right now? Yeah. Does he always do that for people? No. no. But when she dies, what's she going to get? A new body. Well, yes. According to the Bible. Huh? According to the Bible. Exactly. I believe according to the Bible, when my sister dies, God will heal her. So he could do it now. If he doesn't do it now, he'll do it when? Not Later. Sure. That's why the Jews in the Old Testament were saying, Yahweh, you hate slavery. And we've been slaves for 300 years. What the heck? I don't get this. And Jesus, Yahweh is saying, yeah, I don't like slavery. And you're going to die as a slave. But guess what? When you die, you won't be what? A slave anymore. Got it. <laughs> right? That's why in our country, there were so many slaves who still trusted in God. Because they knew even if they died as slaves, in their hearts they were free. And when they died, I'll fly away, right? Like, I'm going up to glory, and I won't be a slave in heaven. And this life is this big compared to heaven, so I can handle 50 years of this. And why do those people don't kill themselves? Uh, because no. they could have, uh, did freedom happen at one point? And could they still honor God here? And I God, mean, as a slave? Some could, but that's just sad. I mean, suicide is brutal. It really is brutal. It affects everybody around you. It's a sad way to end. But I don't blame people for wanting to get out of it. But can God sustain them in it? And did God sustain them in it? Actually, yes, which is pretty remarkable oh, to think about that. Right? That. So 
Again, I want to make sure I don't want to put a pretty pink bow and say everything's all okay now just because God can redeem evil. I'm not necessarily saying that because that's going to sound trite and maybe even rude. What I do want to say is the Christian worldview believes in a God who allows evil because we also believe in a God who can do what with all the evil? Conquer it all. Conquer it all. He has and will and can. Here's the one question I want to leave you with, and now I have enough time for a few questions. There's actually one more layer, but I'm going to save that for Friday. Ah. One more layer. But let me just throw this out there, a question for you. If evil, cruel things have happened in your life, first off, I'm sorry. I really am. I hate evil. I hate abuse. I know people who have been brutally abused, brutally abused, people I love. I want to challenge you, have you let the all-loving, all-powerful God into your life to help you find healing, to help redeem your story, and to help you find freedom from that pain and suffering? If you haven't, well, that's part of today's lesson. The Christian worldview believes in a loving, kind God who is powerful enough to help you find your healing. I think that's a cool worldview. If you have and you haven't found it yet, well, let's work through that. What are ways to connect with God? Or is he giving you patience in, in endurance in the suffering? Or what? Well, how is that relationship going as you walk with God through, like David says, through the valley of the shadow of death. God is what? With you. And are you staying connected to him? Right? Or, in your pain and suffering, have you rejected God? And you're trying to deal with it on your own now. That's a very real question. I'm not trying to manipulate or coerce or bully you into any of this. I'm just saying, that is a Christian worldview. And quite frankly, can you see now why Christianity calls itself a religion of hope? The hope of the world is what kind of hope can we offer anybody in any situation? God. God is power. He's bigger than your pain and suffering and your situation. And he loves you and he wants to rescue you and help you. Did he let Joseph rot in jail twice? Yes, but did he rescue Joseph both times? Yes. And did Joseph end up rescuing his whole family? Yeah, and I, yeah, it's like, hey, he's, it's a journey. It's a story. Believe me, I'll definitely go there. But Joseph kept trusting in who? God. And God proved faithful. Pretty powerful. Um, question or two before the bell rings. I'll give you a quick sneak peek. The last layer is about love. So I, I, people are like, that's the cherry on top or the whipped cream, right? I get it. We will do the love layer on Friday, but that last <coughs> layer is, okay, God has, God's free. He creates free beings. His will is for good. People choose evil. Good thing he can do what? Redeem all the evil. But ready? That last layer is, it's not all about evil. It's about what? Yeah. It's about love. It's about choosing love, not choosing evil. And when we choose love, and when love is real, is it actually worth the risk? 
On Friday, we'll talk through that. And we get to decide if it's worth it or not. Not everybody thinks it is, especially people who've been traumatized. And I, I respect that. I really do. But at the core, most of us will concede that real love is actually worth it. <laughs> Last thought. Uh, Joseph, you had your hand up for about five minutes. Thanks for being patient. I okay, hopefully by Friday you'll remember. Any other last thoughts yeah. here? Yeah, it's been a long day. You guys did great. Like about suicide. So like, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll step in on that one. Yeah, mo most of us do. Most humans do. But to be really blunt and honest, Nader, um, I know people who are in such pain and such trauma that not being in that pain is a very appealing option. Uh, my One of my relatives committed suicide. Uh, it's really sad. And that's my point is, of course I see why people would do it, but it's so sad. It doesn't have to happen. There are resources available, and life is life has potential to be good, and we can find support, and we can live in community. But but there are people who have such pain in their lives that they don't see the hope. I mean, yeah, like I mean, hope. It's not it's not in the equation. Like if we don't like uh, put it in the Christian worldview, because like if it's materialism, hope is just cause and effect, and it's just our own thought that it's just a chemical. But, but there's also hope in materialism for them that maybe the doctors will find a cure or maybe a random friend will come in with a million dollars. Like, they have a different kind of hope. It's just not in a god. Yeah, but like, it's in the material world. Yeah, but like, don't, like, I mean, if you, like, in a big pain, like Mr. Brooks' wife has yeah. cancer. Yeah. So, like, don't you want to, like, have hope yeah. No, but you know, uh, if I know, if I die, I, there was a heaven, and, uh, you know, you, you can just, just go there. Yeah, but I that's, would immediately kill myself. But that's the Hamlet question. Right, you got it. Totally, 100%. Hamlet says to be or not to be, and he says, why stay alive in a world of suffering when, if I'm covered by grace, I can go where? Heaven. Straight to heaven. And that's where without Paul, and without a reason to stay here, we should all just go to heaven. Yeah. But why isn't God ready? Why doesn't God just take us all to heaven? Could he do that? Because there's people who don't know about God's love, and so we can stay here and help them know it. That goes all the way back to allegory of the cave. Why would you go back into a dark cave when you could be out of it? The only reason to go back into the dark, shadowy cave is because there's still people in it, and we want to help them get out. Otherwise, if there was nobody in that dark shadowy cave, why would we go back in? No way. Which then gets back to what is the reason why we stay alive? And Paul says to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He says it. Like he's like really blunt about it. You know what? If I believe in Christianity, I will lose motivation of everything. Well, and not if you truly understood it. Because for me, I really believe it, and that's where I finally found my real motivation to do everything. Because before, I had to conjure up motivation on reasons to stay alive, but now I actually have a real reason to stay alive. God's love for me, God's love for you, teach this class, love my kids, help people out of the dark, shadowy cave, 
help people who don't know God know God's love. That's a real reason for me. It's real motivation. It's honestly better than stay alive for 60 years and then it's all meaningless anyways. I shall not say. Fair enough. But I love how you're kind of pushing it right up to the edge. That's what we're supposed to do in a philosophy class. You guys were awesome today. Nice job. That's a lot. I've never done that before with this age group. Um, I'm gonna, there's no time left, but after the lesson's over on Friday, I'm gonna have you write a little bit of a response just to give me some feedback, and I'd also love to know what you're thinking. Uh, bless you guys, and I hope you're walking out thinking about a few different things, right? There's a lot today, but remember, free will is complex, but it's also a very unique theism thing. The other worldviews really don't believe in free will. And they also, quite frankly, there is no other. It's all just one big thing versus a God with creatures who can be in relationship and hopefully a what? A loving one, which would be great. I'll let you guys go. Nice job today. All right? Whew. Six more minutes. Six more minutes? Yeah. Oh, is my clock off? Oh. We still got some more time. Oh, that video? Yeah, it's okay. I, I, I can't show a video until Later. I've seen it first at the club. It's a, it's hey, I'm okay with us being done today. All right, yeah. Oh, wait, one sec. Have, have a seat. We still have a few minutes. Yeah. Say that again. Yes, I would love that. Okay, wait. Let's all listen. Nice and loud. Though. Yeah, nice and loud so we can all hear you. Say that again. That's great. What about you, Ray? You want me to read it? Yeah. It's so great. Don't take my devils away because my angels may flee too. Right? Where's that from? You? No. Oh, okay. So let's go back to that. Let's take actually two or three minutes to process that. That is going off of the premise that in order for something to be good, we need what? The bad. the bad. And then we know what the good is because the bad helps us understand the good. That is actually why on page 106, all sin is spoiled goodness. That's why I do that one before I do free will usually. But I decide to do free will on our block day. <laughs> Alright. Um, if we don't talk about all sin being spoiled good, we're going to miss it. Right? God only makes good things, and all the sin, all the evil are bad things. So here's the interesting thing. If you take the devils away in that sentence, in monism, yeah, then we lose the good. But in theism, if you take all the devils away, they'll still be what? Angels. But watch this. Here's the key. If you took all the angels away, could there even be devils? No, no because devil is a what? Angel. Fallen angel. See, so you could have angels with no devils, but can you have devils if no angels existed? No. Now, if we really run with that quote, which I'm, I'm not sure that you're running with, but I'm saying like yin yang says, darkness needs light and light needs dark. Okay, like, okay, like I'm not worried about that when it's light and dark or summer and winter. I'm not worried about that either. But when we say we need evil to have good, that gives evil a lot of power. Actually, how much power? The same as good. 
and it actually then makes it like Star Wars where we go back and forth. And so if we were to take the devils away, and that means we lost the angels, then that means that the devils needed the angels and the angels needed the devils. But you can't have a, in Christian worldview, all the demons are fallen angels. So if you get rid of angels, there are no demons. Oh, so Lucifer is not the only No, there's other ones. But Satan was an angel at the beginning, right? So but that's a great quote. Thanks for bringing it up. It creates a really good compare and contrast for this whole concept. And so that'd be like saying, well, if I take away all the hatred, then there won't be any love. No, can you have love without hatred? Yes. yes. Here's the key. Would hatred exist if love didn't exist? What would it be? Nothing. Yeah, that's where we get into the relativity side of it. Raquel. Yeah, yeah, on this side and that side. Yeah. So, if you take away the demons, it's like taking away the option. There you go. That's true. Going yep. that direction. You have the two options. And if you take one out, then you, you lose the other. That's, there it is. No, high five. If that's what this is implying, because there's two ways to interpret this, right? Yeah. For that interpretation, that's the whole, like, that's why we got to end class with that quote. The whole class hinges on that concept. If I take away the options, well, then we lose them both. Does that make sense? Awesome. If we don't have an option for evil and an option for good, an option for angels and an option for demons, we lose them both, right? Which is what the quote is saying. So perfect. But wait, real quick. Yeah, we don't need to worry about that. But the, the other way to frame that, though, is if e good is dependent on evil, that gives evil power equal power of good. we got to watch out for that. So there's truth in there for we need the options or we lose them. We lose them both. We take one option away, we lose the other option. Yes. But in reality... If I take away all the lies, we can still have the truth, <laughs> right? Does that make sense? Yeah. But we still need to have the option for what? If we have the truth, the option for lying exists. And that's another lesson that Lewis hits, actually, as we go down this journey. Thanks for bringing that up. That's awesome. You guys are awesome. Peace, guys. It's, uh, this one's evidence of this one of his, like, explain what the God is. Is this the one you sent me? No, uh, I sent two of you. This is, like, the idea of what Mrs. Hackett's advice, 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 he changed the weather. He walked on water. He messed with physics. Because he believed he could. That's how the how you work is you believe it. Yes, right? The power of the mind is amazing. We underestimate it so much. So you're on to something here. Here's the key though. I think only like developed like 10%. Oh, totally. But here's the key, here's the key you gotta understand. Is if that's true, and that's only true, well then, it'll be crazy.
Because then we're going to have everybody can do whatever they want with their mind. But if that is true in the context of God being in control but giving us power to shape things, now that we can make that work. That's yeah, why that's I'm not going to completely cool. disagree with it. Right? That's pretty cool. But the other, so one thing I, I see it's like not agree with me. Like I don't like that because in, in Genesis they say that I just don't believe the world is so simple. Like yeah. you just create it and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Well, I think you don't necessarily have to. Like that makes sense. Most people say this is part of the story that we're in for this planet in this way. And Moses is telling a story that's true, but also he's he's also like trying not to. He's not a scientist. You know what I mean? Like Moses isn't a scientist, right? And so we have to work with that on some level, right? And so that's a whole other discussion for that time. Yeah, don't worry about Genesis and, and scientific proof and. Uh, I mean, it's a story that's got a lot of bigger implications. But at some level, we have to agree that did God create it? Hopefully, yeah. Which is part of the point of this, is that create, we're designed to be able to create. Yeah? And if you really want to go with it, maybe that's describing God. Yeah, so there you go. Right? Ah! <laughs> nice job, Alan. You're, you're, you're a genius, dude. We should. <coughs> you guys all need to get to know Alan. He's a, he is a genius. Genius. One of the smartest kids I've had in class ever. Yeah. Not to, well, you too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been fun having you in class, Alan. Appreciate it. Really takes it all seriously. <laughs>